Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, this is Stuart Roberts, founder of Haircuts for Homeless, and welcome to the Hear Me, See Me podcast. I'm going to be talking to people who are truly inspirational to me, some you may have heard of, and some you haven't, but you really need to hear their story. Hello, this is Stuart from Hear Me, See Me podcast, and I've been really looking forward to this one. This guy blew me away when I saw his story. Uh, we were introduced by a friend of mine, Steve Kerridge, who's been on the podcast, and um, he sent me a video clip of some stuff that they're working on. They're actually working on a, on a sort of film of it that is it's such a fascinating story. So I won't prattle on. Today I'm going to introduce you to Stephen Kelly. How are you doing, Stephen? Yeah, not bad. I'm not bad. I've just seen my daughter today in the contact centre. Um, yeah. To see her once a week on a Wednesday, which I look yeah. forward to. I don't know how long that's going to go on for. So um, dealing with social services and you're a man with a with a criminal record like mine is hard work. Yeah, I don't, I don't doubt it. I'm yeah. sure. I don't suppose they make it easy for you at all. But um, actually impossible. If, if someone yeah. would have told me before that um, a man could be in this position because of his past, I would have said, you're lying. I would have said, yeah. you must be on drugs or, yeah. or a paedophile or something, you know. But yeah. I, I'm seriously, I'm just getting judged for who I used to be. Yeah. To be, I, I, I get that, not to the same extent, and I've got dealings with the social services, although I've had close friends who have, and it's been horrendous for them. Um, but I still do, you know, I'm 16 years sober and I get judged all the time. You know, yeah. and you think, how long has it got to be? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 16 years, give me a fucking break. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was, I, suppose... I, was, I was clean on the 23rd of March, two years. Yeah. You know, um, what do you want from me? I, 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 I don't yeah. understand. What, 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 what do you want from me? I, I, yeah. I feel like if I if I was on if I was on the smack or I was on the drugs, I'd be getting help. Yeah, I mean, but I'm not. So, I'm, I'm where, where I work, I don't, I don't get nothing paid for. No, everything's a waiting list, but yeah. everything's got to be done on a deadline. Yeah, it's it's actually so frustrating, you know. I, yeah. How I haven't relapsed is is I take my hat off to myself, and I never take my hat off. Um, is <laughs> a miracle, but yeah. I'm so focused on what I want out of life now. Yeah, I, I just deal with it in my head, and that's the thing. And I hundred percent understand that. And I like you know I've had I've had so much this year, and it's been hard. And even at my stage, at sixteen years, I. Some days it's been like I might as well be sixteen days because I've struggled because they it's, it's when things get thrown at you. But let's tell everyone about what is your past. I mean, let's go back. Um, you know, if, if you can start off telling me, you know, where you were brought up, you know, what childhood was like, and then go into that amazing story of yours. Yeah, I was born in Rush Green in Romford, and. Um, My, my, my step, my, I was brought up by my, 
my mum was with a fella. He was an horrible man. He used to treat us really bad, really bad. Um, and I never had any concentration span. I really, I really never, I, I couldn't absorb information. I couldn't. And, um, you know, when I left school, I had no GCSEs. I was too lazy to dig holes. And I always wanted a life that my, that my hands or my brain wouldn't let me have. And I've always been prepared. I always was prepared to do anything to get that life yeah. without putting in the hard work. And, um, no matter what it was, I made that I made that choice. You know, I've never I've never had that that normal feeling that people get from fear. You know, fear is just an emotion. If you blank that out, you, you, you're capable of anything. So, I've always just done what I want to do when I want to do it, and not no more. You know, I finally I finally had enough of prison. Um, I've I've realised that you actually only need food and water to be happy. Yeah. Really do. Bags are a bonus, but food and water is all you need. I mean, once you work that out, you you then all of a sudden you ain't got to keep chasing all this money because you don't actually need it. Yeah, you really don't. I mean, I, how I ended up at the start of the story, I, I got involved with some people doing a a big a big cannabis farm on a on a on a big level. And I was expecting a a crazy day payout, crazy day payout. And a week before the end, it all went wrong, and um, I never got paid. Um, I was expecting the police to be looking for me, so I decided to um, to go to Thailand, but I didn't have the money. So a friend of mine said to me. Um, he would pay me £20,000 if I took a kilo of, kilo, I think it was a kilo and nine ounces of of cocaine to to Thailand. And um, it's, a, it's an horrendous feeling. You know, you have to wrap it in, in plastic, put it in a condom, syrup, eat it, eat it, eat it. It was meant to be two of us doing it. And... Um, Thinking about it now, I just think my mate never had no no bottle. Yeah. Every time he hit one, he kept throwing it up. But me, I just kept eating it and eating it and eating it. And it was fine. I mean, I got to, I think, about a kilo inside me. And then no matter what happened, I just kept throwing. As I was eating one, I was throwing three back up. All right. So I, I still I still had something like 13 or 15 ounces to, to, to get over there. And... So out come the baby oil, and it started going up me uh, <laughs> in back door. <laughs> and um, I got to the airport, and you've still got to act normal. You've still got to have a drink. You've still got to ask for extra peanuts. You've still got to ask for extra food. I mean, like you would, you're getting on a 15-hour flight. You've got to act normal. But you're so heavy. You're so heavy. It's the, it's the most horrendous feeling. And I got to I got to Thailand and I got off the plane and I looked at my reflection in the in the mirror and I thought, you look guilty. And I, I've never needed to go to the toilet so much in my life. And then I got to the queue for customs, and this particular day, it must have been a mile long. 
and I was sweating and I could see my reflection. I thought, I'm cool. I thought, I'm cool. But I put my poker face on and I got to the reception and walked through and I'd done it. But I couldn't even wait to get back to the hotel where I was meant to meet the guy and and get, get it out of my system. I, I, I went into the um, toilet in the in the airport and shit it out. Sorry. It's all right. No, it's fine. Shit it out. <laughs> I'm swearing myself. Don't worry. Yeah, I went to the toilet and it absolutely stunk. I mean, I must have got out 90% of it on the first toilet and I'm walking through the airport and when I'm telling you it stunk, I, oh, mate, the smell of it was horrendous. And I've had to get in a cab and stunk us. And then I got back to the hotel and I sat in the hotel for another two days and then as you eat, it slowly comes out. You'll get the majority of it out on your next toilet and then you might get one or two of the last bits come out on the last two or three days later. Yeah. But once you've done it once, that's easy money, you know? Mm. That's easy money and... And, and I, I like to live a certain lifestyle. And then I started taking stuff back. So I was leaving Thailand. I was going back to the UK, taking stuff with me. And then when I was coming back, I was taking it again. And I've got, I had everything. And I really had everything. I had money saved. Um, by this time, I had my. My, not my wife, but my my life partner and the two children over there, and they was going to school, and we wasn't really. I don't really think we was in love, but because of the lifestyle, we tolerated each other, and the kids were happy, and we had a beautiful apartment. We we'd go on holiday all the time, and, but I got sick. I got sick of doing it. I got sick of doing it. That that anxiety, that worry. Yeah. So we come up with a new idea that we had a friend sending us MDNA to um to addresses. So we was find, we was finding condominiums um and then sending it to there. And then we'd track the parcel the whole way. As soon as it was in clear custom, we'd get an estimated delivery time. And as the parcel would come with the EMS driver, um, a nice way of putting it, I suppose, was the, 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 the EMS driver would be giving us the parcel whether we wanted to or not. I mean, we, we, we'd yeah. try and say to him, flag it, you know, as our place, but if he never give us what we wanted, we took it. Yeah. By, yeah. by any means. Yeah. I'm thinking about that now, you know, playing gangster in a, in Thailand is it, crazy. And yeah. what one day we um we knew we had this address, we knew it was empty, we knew it wasn't going to be a problem. So I said to my mate, "Can you deal with this one?" He said, "Yeah." And um, he went out brassing, whatever, and he never turned up for the drop. Now this was fr- it was three kilo. That must have brought back 17, 18, between 70 and 100 grand. And, right. and, and it, he, missed the, um, he missed the delivery. So now I had to make the decision whether to let this parcel go 
or now to walk into the main depot and get the parcel. And my mate was saying to me, let it go, let it go. I said, it's all right for you saying to let it go. I said, but you, you're, you ain't the one who could do the runs, are you? I said, you can't keep it down. I said, that means I've got to do a run. I said, at least I know where this is. It's in the depot. I've just got to go in there, hold them up, whatever, and, and get it. And then the hard work is done. Like I said, I, 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 don't, I don't feel like a normal person. No. But lucky enough, I went in there and I explained to the guy, by this time, my tire was very good. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to him, I'm talking to him, and he said, hey, wait 10 minutes, wait 10 minutes. And I thought, you know what, this ain't working. As I was about to walk out, he said, whatever name I made up. He called me back, he went, give me the parcel. I couldn't believe it, I thought. Couldn't believe I didn't have to hold the, the shop up or... Yeah. I got that payday, you know? I got that stuff. And, and life was so good. Life was so good. Uh, and my friend was in Copangang. I was in Patea and we had nearly every hostel in in Copangang buying it off of us. And every day I just woke up to, to money and just an unbelievable life. But... I got bored. I mean, he kept sending me these pictures of him with all these young tarts and partying every night. And I just thought, I wanted a bit of what you're doing. So my missus said, under no circumstances are you going now without me. But as per usual, I could always talk around. And I ended up more or less living now and leaving her in... in <laughs> In 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 Pattaya. yeah. I mean, how she don't hate me to this day is is unbelievable. I mean, what I put her through, how she how she how she even tolerates me is is a credit to what what person she is. Yeah. And um, so I'm in um, I'm in Copangang, and I was taking so much drugs. I mean, I wasn't sleeping for seven ten days. Sleeping for one night, staying up for another seven nights, sleeping for one night. And life become just a life become that anything that was difficult or a challenge was the only way I got a buzz, you know, would be out and would be a group of, of ten lads, lacoste tops, man bags, all up to no good. You can tell hundred miles away that they're the boys from the area and I'd make them strip my mate would say to me get his clothes i go oh, fuck off not them ones give me an easy one he'd go get his clothes and I'd be there and I'd go out in the worst clothes ever just for a laugh and I'd make the geezer strip yeah make his clothes and by the we used to have a competition to see how many times we could change out for this in a night yeah and um I always used to win. I was ruthless at it. Yeah. I always used to walk up to geezers and they'd be sitting there with their wife having a meal when I'd walk up and give him a kiss on the lips or gently run my hand up his thigh, you know, or, or whisper in his ear, I love you, or just everything was just a game, a challenge. Whatever, however I could get a buzz, Yeah. is how I used to get a buzz. And I, I, and I lost my mind. 
I absolutely lost my mind. There used to be police stop checks, and I used to put all the all stuff around my neck, like drugs, and I used to go through the barriers with no t-shirt on, no helmet on, and see if I could get through just for a laugh. Yeah, I mean, how I never got caught months before was beyond me, but I never. And um, what one one it, no, it was a night of the full moon party, and yeah. um, my missus, she'd gone back to England to see her dad and mum, and I was meant to pick her up from the airport. Then I said to her, "I'm sorry, I'll pick you up from Costa Marie." Then, 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 finally, once she got to Costa Marie, I said, "I'll pick you up where the boat lands at Copangyang." I didn't even bother to do that. Then she ended up just coming to the hotel where I was. I'd slept for like seven days by that time. And it was a night at a full moon party. And we probably made 15 grand that day, 20 grand that day. Yeah. And um, we took the kids to the full moon party. And um, it was, it, it probably was one of the best nights of my life. It really was. Thinking about it now, how I never lost the kids. I used to. I, I know it's not possible, but with, an, with, with enough sleep deprivation and enough drugs, I, I used to be out of blink and wake up where I wanted to be. <laughs> I got. I developed a superpower. I could blink and then be where I wanted to be. And obviously, I did get a cab there, or I did. <laughs> Whatever, but I don't know how I did it. But I used to be able to do what I wanted to do. It was like I was invincible. Yeah. So end of the night, the full moon party. My missus is three o'clock now. Come on, let's go on. Got back to the place. I mean, um, I don't even think we had a dirty night. I think I was so sad. Yeah. I remember we didn't even have, we didn't even have a roll around. Yeah. And I got in bed, and um, my mate, my partner, he rang me up. He said to me, "The guy was called Farouk. He said Farouk wants X amount." I said, "You're having a laugh at me." I said, "Don't we earn enough money today?" He went, "Listen, he went, I'll do everything." He went, "Just do it." He went, "You know where it is? It was buried at the end of the at the end of the lane." underneath a bungalow, underneath a tree. I went to never in a million years, mate. He went, just do it. He went, he went please. He went, otherwise I've got to get out of bed. I've got to do it. I went, for fuck's sake. I said, all right, go on. So I got out of bed. I went down to the beach. I'm digging it up. I got what he told me to get. I come back. Now, the motorbike's come down with this Farouk and this... He looked like a, uh, a Jew. He looked like a Jew. And he jumped off the bike. And I thought, this is jumping off the bike for a bit lively. But I was so out me now. I just wanted to get it done. And I think it was 10 grand he wanted. He paid me the money for the, t- for the thing. He went, no, I, w- I wanted 20. I went, oh, for fuck's sake. Um, I would go down to the beach. Go down to the beach and... Uh, and I'll, I'll just do it by eye. You know, it, it didn't really matter the money. I just wanted him gone. So I left it underneath the, the bungalow. I went in there. I've done it by eye. 
and then um, put it back underneath the bungalow. Now, as I walked out my bungalow and started walking down to the beach, I've looked to the left and I've seen this car driving down, and I thought, I've been standing here three months and I've never seen a car pull down there ever. And why is the car pulling? And I remember thinking it, I, I remember thinking it was strange, but like I said, I was so at me now. I just wanted to get the deal done. I've walked down to the beach. As I've walked down to the beach, I've looked to the right and I've seen two guys there. I've looked to the left and I've seen four guys there. And all of a sudden, the guns have come out. I, and they're shouting out until I freeze, whatever. And I've just got the stuff and I threw it in the sea. And um, <laughs> this is one of the funniest things that's ever happened to me. He's, he, he's stuck the guy. He actually beat himself. I'm telling when I'm telling you beat himself, he beat himself like 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 he hated his worst enemy and he was going to me, get off me, get off me. He kept hitting himself and punching himself and smashing himself in the nose. And I said, What are you doing? I said, I ain't touching you. He was going, get off me, and like because they're not allowed to hit you. We're protected by the embassy. So he had to make out that I'd beat him up so they could beat me up. Right, right. <laughs> and I just was laughing my head off. And they're all punching me head in, they're all kicking me head in. And, and I still couldn't get over the fact that I just watched someone beat themselves up. And I just kept laughing. And he was like, you think this is funny? You think this is funny? I just said, you're crazy. And he was saying to me, where's the, where's the drugs? I said, I don't know what you're talking about. Where's the drugs? And out. okay, you think you're clever. You think you're clever. So they went back to my bungalow. They've got my wife out of bed. Put her in chains, oh. handcuffs, and right. said, You don't tell us where the drug is, your wife goes to prison. She's screaming, Steve, Steve, Steve. And I'm thinking, Really? Have I really got to tell them where this is? They put her in the back of the van. Luckily enough, to this day, I prayed that the kids didn't wake up and they didn't see none of it. And um, I just said, All right, it's under the bungalow. I went and got it under the bungalow. I would give it to them. And uh, they let her go. Luckily enough, the lady in the hotel really liked me. She explained that she just got here that night on the boat. There's no possible way she could have known anything about it. And because I signed there and then on the spot to say it was mine, I went guilty at first. That's how it, it, it works. You don't, you just, I went guilty basically just signed my life away, so they let her go. And now this Farouk thought he was going to get the go. They told him if he grasped me up, he could go free. Now, um, they've, they've made him come with me as well. <laughs> and I remember seeing a look on his face, and he he was so gayed. And they, um, they took us to this police station, and this outdoor cell left us in there for about a day. And they're trying to blackmail up. They're, they're, they're talking to each other how much to, so we can buy his way out. And they're all talking 15 million bar at the time. That was about 300 grand. And I sat there and I just listened. And I just listened and I listened. And they really thought I had 300 grand. They really thought I had 300 grand. After about three days, I just said to him in I said, uh, 
้นไทยมันมีสมองคุมคิดว่าคุมมีสิบห้าล้านบาทคุมขายายุทธเหตุใช่ไหม Basically, Sam, do you think if I have three hundred grand, I'll be selling drugs on the beach? <laughs> and they were so angry at the fact that I'd been listening to them for three days, uh, making out that can I have water, water? You know, <laughs> acting stupid. They were so frustrated. Okay, you buy cook, you go to prison, uh, whatever. Go back to this cell, and now this this Farouk is trying to Allah. Allah, Allah, Hamas, Allah, or whatever he was saying. And he's got a bit of glass, and he was about to kill himself. And I thought, you know what? He ain't going up to whatever God he believes in, and even me to deal with this. I whistle, whistle for the, the guard. I said, listen, he's going to kill himself. They come in. They took his glass off of him. The glass off of him. Stayed there for another day. My missus come and see me. I just said, "I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry." She's like, "What am I going to do?" I said, "Babe, I said, listen, just go on, move on with your life. It's, it's over for me, you know." I just said, "I'm sorry. I, 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 I'd come to terms with it that that was me gone for good." Yeah. And um, the next morning, they put me on a boat over to Costa Marie. Got to the prison. I remember pulling up, and it and it was so nice. It was so nice. It was well painted, and um, there was kittens outside. There was puppies, and I remember thinking, "This is good. This is good. It is this." I thought, "This is all right." All of a sudden, I got to this black gate. I opened up this black gate, and I just couldn't believe the place existed like it in life. I couldn't believe it. And separating from the walkway where you get searched, there was like a metal cage. They're all wearing, all wearing balaclavas. All you can see is their eyes. They're all covered in tattoos. They're all shaking the cage, shaking the cage, shaking the cage. Falang, falang, falang. And I remember feeling fuck, fuck me. You, you, you like to feel fear. I definitely felt it then. And two guys from Iraq. They went. Don't worry about these. They went. We got you. We got you. And I remember thinking, so happy to see like a not a tight face, you know, not yeah. a tight face. I remember feeling so happy. And I walked out. Now Farouk's gone left, and I've gone right. Why am I going right? Well, and they're all saying, "Bahanti vid, Bahanti vid." It means the death penalty. They've took me up to the um. They've took me up to the cell. Now there was a geezer guy in the room. David, his name was. He was from Hungary. He was a serial killer. They found two, two bodies in his, in his walls. I think they found three underneath his bungalow. They found one in his boat. He was crazy. And then there was these these other couple of guys in there. Who were hitmen for the mafia? There was um, another guy who got caught with a serious amount of drugs, and I said, "What now?" They just said, "Nothing. You wait 88 days." I said, "What about the phone? No phone. What about a, a, a letter? Yeah, one letter, one month, 15 lines. Now, if you write a letter in Thailand, 15 lines. You know, one letter is one word. 
you, you, you can half write half a book for 15 lines. You try and write a, a 15 line letter in uh, English, you just about put your address on it. Especially me not even knowing how to do joined up writing. Yeah. And um, so there was like eight of us in this room. And I remember thinking this is going to be it. Eight of us in this room. I mean, the, the room was 3.2 metres by, by three metres. And 4.30, the songs come on for the king. Now, all the people just started coming up, coming up. And I remember thinking, where are these people going to go? And if you can imagine 3.2 metres by 3 metres and minimum minimum 48 in that room. If it was a bat, if, if there was if there was 50 in there, you could squeeze in. If there was 52 in there, you wouldn't you wouldn't think two people would make that much of a difference. If it was 52 in there, it was painful. I mean, at the time I was I was fat. I constantly had to sit like a tire. My knees was killing and, and And where, where do I go now? And, and it wasn't that I was being mugged off. You you have to start, you start in the toilet. And then you, you go from the toilet to the walkway. Yeah. You finally get a spot. Then you go to the, they've made like a platform thing. And then you finally work your way to a hammock. Yeah. And um, and there's 50 in the room and every two minutes someone's getting up for a toilet and you're going to have to keep getting up, keep getting up, keep getting up. And Oh, mate, it was just, it was torture. It was torture. And then finally everyone would wake up at 7.30 in the morning, everyone would go to work and then, I'd managed to get some sleep in the daytime because there was only then eight of us in the room. But they count you eight times a day. So as far as, as fast as you fell asleep, yeah, you had to be up again being counted. Noong, song, sam, si, ha, hook, dear, bed, up to like 1,600 people. And then by the time you get done two hours later, you had to be counted again. And I was just exhausted. I was so exhausted. And I mean, this this particular room I was in, I think 30 of them had HIV, 12 of them had TB. But they treat you like you've got a disease because you've got white skin. You know, it's mad being white and experiencing racism, you know? Yeah. But I actually experienced it. And, um, It was it was just awful. It really was awful, and, and no one liked me. And I said to this guy, Jan, I mean, I, I wish one day there was something I could do for him. Like, you know, I got told he got fifty years, but I said to him, "What what can I what can I do?" I said, "This is I said this is beating me." I said, "This, this is I can't I can't do this." He said to me, "We love our king." He said, "Learn the learn the, the song for the king." So I said, will you, will you teach me? So he started learning me the, the words for the, the King's song. At some point, I'll, I'll, I'll sing it for you. I probably can still remember it. Yeah. And after about three or four days, I learned the words for the King's song. And everyone was so, wow. 
yeah. what big respect I've learned this song and now all of a sudden I'm not gay by any means I really am not gay yeah. but you're so far away from home yeah. and ties they're so cuddly they're so they've got no problem with putting their leg over and spooning each other or rubbing each other's ears or that it's not even a gay thing yeah I know it's just the way they are and finally, after about a week, I started to get a cuddle and a, and a stroke, you know, and, and it was nice. It really was nice. Like I said, not in a, not in a gay way whatsoever. Yeah. I got accepted as one of them, you know. I could speak to her. By then, they realised that I wasn't over there abusing their women. I had my own wife. My children was there. And... It started to become easy. Say easy, but it was all right. And then I was expecting, a, this is probably one of the lowest days I've ever had in my life. I was expecting my visit, my, a visit from my, my partner. I think it was a Wednesday. And um, I went out to the visit and there's a lady sitting now. She was from the Facebook support group for prisoners banged up abroad. And she said she's gone home. So what do you mean she's gone home? She went, she's too scared that the police are going to come back for her. She's gone home. I didn't even have my canteen set up by then. I didn't have no money. didn't have no clothes. And I just went back to, I went back to the cell and I thought, I'm going to kill myself. I thought, I can't do this. Yeah, I thought I can't do this, but it's amazing what a person can deal with when with, when you have to, you know. Yeah, I thought. So I started planning my escape. I thought there's no way they're holding me in here. I thought there's no way I'm spending the rest of my life in here. So um, oh, it, it was like. So I got used to that, being in the room. Only time I was allowed out of the room was for like 10 minutes once a week to go to the, to the, to, down to the shop. And um, life was so frustrating. I was so angry. I was so angry. And... Um, I just kept playing up. I just kept playing up. They took away my visits, which didn't really matter because no one would visit me anyway. They took away my shop. They took away my letters. And I thought there was nothing more they can do to me. They're not allowed to hit foreigners. They're not allowed to. That is not your problem. They're not allowed to hit you. You're too protected by the embassy. Thinking about it now, you know, they could have probably paid someone, an inmate, to do you. Yeah, I'm thinking that. <laughs> it, it, yeah, but it, it, it didn't enter my head. It didn't enter my head. And um, I was sitting in My room was the room for people with death row. So my room was the only room with a camera in it. And um, I sat there one day and I thought, you know what? I lit up a fag. Now, you're not allowed to smoke in the room. And I sat there blowing smoke at the camera and um, I thought there was nothing else they could do to me 
all of a sudden I've heard the keys rattle, his, his food caps in. He hadn't left the prison in 14 years because everyone outside the prison would have killed him. He didn't care about the mafia, he didn't care about no one. He was a proper job's worth. He's come up, dragged me out, put his great big heavy chains on me and then chained me to a ladder. He chained me to a ladder for three weeks. All I had was one link like that, then big heavy chains between my legs for three weeks. Wow. And all I, if, if I had to have a toilet, the boys yeah. had to pass me a bucket. Right. It, that, was actually, that was actually torture. That was... Was you upright against an adult? Yeah, right, yeah. So I had to stand up for three weeks. I could lay down if someone would give me their spot. Yeah. But it didn't happen often. I just had to stand up for three weeks and... They welded the chains on as well, and they didn't have any protective gear. I think you can see the scar there, it looks like. Yeah. It was like a bullet hole or something, and it was infected. I had gangrene in my leg. It was so sore. It was so sore. And um, I just kept battling on and just kept battling on and, and finally waiting to the date that, it come, it, I had to go to a call. And <clears throat> about a week or two weeks before, the ma- mafia guy, he, he really liked me. He said to me, um, a paedophile come to the prison. He said to me, if you, if you, if you, if you do the paedophile, he said, I'll get you out of jail. He said, it's going to cost you. He worked at 90000 I said, I haven't got 90,000. I think I had 56,000 saved. Right. And I said to my mum, and she went, are you crazy? They're just going to rob your money. I went, well, listen, I said, What's, what good is, is 56 grand if you ain't getting out, if you're dying in prison? You know, I might as well risk it. Yeah. So he said to me, if I kill the paedophile, um, he'll get me out. And... Um, but he said to me, I'm going to be honest with you. He said, 45 grand of it's for me. He said, the other 45 grand is for the, for the judge. He said, you can pay me when you get out. Um, don't think you're going to go back to England and, and, and avoid me. I've got family in Lincolnshire. I've got family in London. You'll go missing wherever you go. I went, you get me out of here. And I said, I'll make sure I'll pay you. So, Paid him the, the 56 grand. And, um, but now I've got to kill this 22 stone Japanese person, which would have been probably quite easy if, if I didn't have great big heavy chains on. But I was the only one who could get to him because once a month on a Wednesday, we had a, we had a, we had a visit by the, um, Embassy, so he was Japanese, so we got his visit by the embassy, and I got I got mine on the same day. So that was the only chance that anyone could get to this this paedophile. Now, luckily enough, his cell was the one before mine, so they've let him out first, 
then they've opened up my door. As soon as he's got to the top stairs, I'd like to tell you a story that he put up a fire and I did this, I did that. I literally, I just pushed him down the stairs. Luckily enough, by the time he hit the bottom step, he was already knocked out. And I just, 80 days of anger and frustration and I just stamped and I stamped and I stamped. And I, and it, I just kept stamping and screaming and stamping and stamping and it, it, his head exploded like a watermelon. His eyes popped out his head. Yeah. And um, you have to be dead to get out of leaving that prison. And um, he got he got took out of the prison. He did come back. He did. He come back about three months later. Brain damage and all that. Well, he weren't dead. He weren't dead. No. He did, he did come back. He did come back to the jail. Um, he did come back to the jail, but he, he was, a, I think he was a cabbage or whatever. Yeah. And I went to the, um, I went to the court. And they said to me, um, if you're, you're, you're free to go. What I got caught with was under the amount to keep me in the prison. I've the 88 days I've done. The man kept his words. I come, I come back to the prison, and I'm saying that blah 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 blah. I'm going on, I'm going on. Now this food captain, the one who chained me to the ladder, I'm calling his mum a buffalo, and that's the worst insult ever. Is it? Oh, yeah, badly, badly. Just complimenting Essex. Yeah. I'm calling his mum a buffalo and yet yeah, man, fuck your mother. And, and I called him everything. Yeah. And um, I covered myself in baby oil, took my clothes off and just run around the prison naked. The whole prison is just screaming, laughing. All the guards are trying to grab me, but they're slipping off me because I've got baby oil on. And um, I was free to go. Thought I was free to go. But where I got caught with two different drugs, they only handed in one of the drugs because that was enough to give me the death penalty. So once I got to the court, they didn't come and re-arrested me for the other drug. So then I had to go back to the prison after cutting all this screws off and now this, this is a nervous laugh by the way I'm not it's just a nervous laugh <laughs> I'll, I'll give away all my cigarettes I'll give away all my clothes I'll give away everything I've, I've slagged everyone off now I walk back to the jail and I can remember thinking oh my god now they've put me into a room with everyone serving over a 15-year sentence. So no one would sell me their spot. So I was back in the toilet again. And um, throughout this period of time, I've been in about 10 different rooms. And there was a geezer I was banged up with from Canada. He said to me, Steve, I've been in there nine rooms, mate. Nine years, mate. He said, I've only been in one room. He went, there's 12 rooms in this jail. You've been in nine, nine, nine rooms. You've only been in here six months. But behave yourself. It's not like England, the, the louder you sat, someone will eventually hear you. 
the more you shout over there, the deeper it gets. Yeah. But I just wouldn't let them beat me, you know. I just yeah. used to sing at the top of my voice. I just used to wind them up. And they put me in this room and then that was back to being tortured again. You know, I, I, I was back in the toilet and everyone was so, so pissed off because they were serving at least a 15-year sentence. So it was a real angry room. Yeah. And this this particular room leader, he used to make everyone masturbate on a Friday. That was his room, room rule, that everyone had to masturbate on a Friday. Now, you try and do your load while it's 50 geezers watching you. But what happens is when you're all banged up and you're all in the same room, everyone's having wet dreams. Right. No joke. Everyone is having wet dreams. So, right. And when you're all spooning each other and laying over each other, Every night someone's having a wet dream and he's going up the next geezer's back and then he's all kicking off because he's spunked over his back. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this room leader used to make everyone masturbate on a Friday. That was that was embarrassing, you know, but I got used to that. <laughs> Gallons of it, I reckon, went down that, <laughs> down, that toilet, down that toilet once on Friday. But I got used to doing that. That was all right in the end. Yeah. And... Um, but then by this time, I was allowed out, out, out of the room. I was I was allowed out now, so I wasn't banged up all day long. And um, so I'd get out half seven in the morning, at half past four, you'd go back to the room. And that's when I, I, call, I called her or him, whatever you want to say. It was like the love of my life, really. Yeah. It was a, a lady boy. I, I say a lady boy. If, if he would have put an eye on that one, he could have walked straight on site. <laughs> he was one ugly bastard he was yeah. I used to call him Simon for a laugh I mean you couldn't even pass him for a lady boy he was just he, he was just a geezer really but yeah. he used to cuddle me and massage me and I never had sex with him or nothing yeah but if I didn't if I if I, if I wasn't cuddling him cuddling him I'd be um yeah yeah I suppose I loved him really just that affection, you know, he, and he, he was so, he or she, whatever you want to call him, but I made a deal with him. I said, oh, I won't keep calling you Simon because it was hurting his feelings, so I started calling her, calling her Sandra. Right. If he never had another two years, I, I, got out, I probably would have waited for him, if I'm being fair. <laughs> you know, yeah. it was, um, he, was, he was, he was something special to me in my life. He kept me going. And, um, so I had my Sandra, I had my cuddles. Um, then um, I modified. They all they all modify their um, their cocks. They make them into like octopuses, so they all cut with a Stanley blade. So when your cock goes in, it opens up like an octopus, or they they put marbles in there inside the skin, so it's like your your, your penis becomes like a vibrator. And um, so you've got all, like, glass. The captains drink whiskey in the prison. Right. And um, so I said, yeah, I want it done. And the day it was meant to be done, I chickened out. I don't, I don't know how I thought they was going to put them in there. I think I thought kittens was going to let them in or something. I don't know. But I already said that I'd have it done, and it's come back of the night time now, the night I'm meant to have it done. 
And I said, no, 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 no. They're scraping a pen on the wall, making it into a knife. It's dirty, you know. And I said, no, 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 no. I'll pay you anyway. I'll pay you anyway. Don't worry. Like, all of a sudden, 20 of them have jumped up, held me down, three on this arm, three on that arm, three on that leg, three on that leg. Now he's got me cocked. He's pulled me cocked as long as I could. The other one's pulled the skin up, so it's like a tent. Bang, pen straight through me cock. Pushed the marble in out, dragged it up the skin. Then another one. Mate, it, it was like a balloon. It got infected. I thought I thought it was going to fall off. I really did feel like it was going to fall off, but Sandra was right in with some other lady boys and they got me antibiotics and saved, saved me, me Corey, basically. I mean, a month later, a month later, I forgot about how much it hurt. I wanted more. This time I paid to have three done in one go. I don't know what was going on in my head. I was nuts. I was fucking nuts. And um, it was, um, it was, it was so sore. But, um, it was so sore. When they, they told me, they said, uh, if I accept this other drug was a class C or whatever, they told me if I accept, I'd get 15 years, but if I accepted on the first opportunity, I'd get seven and a half years. Yeah. But if I, if I didn't go guilty and they found me guilty, then I'd get double the sentence, so I could end up doing 30 years. So I'll come to terms with it. Just go guilty. I can do seven and a half years. By the time you get a few higher five means forgiveness for the king's birthday and princessy stuff, you know, I might have ended up doing five years, something like that. And I come to terms with it. I said, yeah, I'm going to go guilty. Um, but the day I went to court, I just said, Please, can I speak to the judge? They said, you can speak to her. I said, I've been learning a lot. Now, I mean, there's, you can speak a language, but it's like if you walk into an hospital, start speaking about syringes or life support machines, you know, you, you don't know them words. You can speak general, you know, what's your name, where do you come from, what's your kid's name, what do you do for a living? What's your shoe size? But you start talking about prosecution, this, that. I mean, I had to learn the ins and outs of a duck's ass. Yeah. I sat in this room and I just learned and learned and learned. I don't think there was one word in the dictionary I didn't know. And I used to practice 18 hours a day. 18 hours a day. There, was, there wasn't one thing I didn't rehearse with Jan that they could say to me that I couldn't explain myself to. And... Um, I got to the court and I said, listen, I'm going to say guilty, but can I just explain myself? I said, I said, I didn't come over here to molest the women. I didn't come over here to sell drugs. I said, I've been running a hotel. I said, my wife is a teacher. I've got two, two amazing children. I said, everything went wrong. I said, I just made the wrong decision. I said, I just wanted, I mean, I'm a better face lying. Uh, I said, I just wanted to make the money to get out of the country 
and uh, and get home. I said, look, my leg, I've probably got two weeks before my leg falls off. I've learnt my lesson. And I said to a tired prayer, Namo tasa pakawato arahato samasa pudasa and I said this big long type prayer. Yeah. And um, she said, this man got home today. I said, what? Mm. She said, this man got home today. I went, what about the seven and a half years? She said, no. She said, you got home today. I, I think you learn already. You got home today. I just broke down in tears, man. I was so happy. I was so happy, but I didn't actually want to go home that day. It, 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 was, a, it was a Friday. And I've got become so close with so many people in the jail. I, I just, I really wanted to get the weekend out of the way, say goodbye to all my pals. If it's Friday, you just want to go back in and have another wank. Yeah, it was Friday, yeah. Fish and chips. Yeah. It was Friday, I wanted to have another wank. And I, I'm, <laughs> But they wouldn't let me, and I was so gutted. And all, all yeah. the boys were already locked down now. It was like five o'clock. All the boys were already locked down, so I couldn't get to to fucking see my Sandra. No. Couldn't get to see Jan. Actually, it makes me feel sick now to think about it. There was, a, there was a rapist in the jail, and I always thought I'd kill a rapist if I met him. Yeah. But... It, it, it was like, it was become my, like, my, one of my best friends in there. Man, yeah. think about it. I mean, if I met a rapist now, I'll, I'll, it'd be game over. But, you know, you're in a different country. He was loyal to me. He helped me when I had no food. You know, he, he, he was a friend. Yeah. I didn't get to say goodbye to like, the three people I love the most, you know. Yeah. I like to think he wasn't guilty of the of the rape. I mean, he used to say he was, he was not guilty. Yeah. Um, but he was, he was certainly in there for it. He got eight years. Um, now we've got to the, um, we've got out of prison. Now you have to wait to, um, to be, you, you stop at one prison, stop at the next prison, stop at the next prison, spend a couple of days there. It can take three months before you get back to Bangkok. Right. Or you can pay fast track, which was worked out about five or six hundred quid, and then you can go the next morning. Right. So two guards take you, you you handcuff, they take you in a truck and drop you off at the deportation prison in in Bangkok. Now I've just spent three months banged up with this with this Russian guy, and the day I got released, his wife got released, and she said to me, Steve, she went, please, she went, pay for me to come. Please pay for me to go with, with you. And uh, I said, I haven't got the money. I haven't got the money. I, I literally had 10,000 bar left. Yeah. So I said to the, the, the guys, I said, um, couldn't she come with us? They said, no, 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 two guards, one person, cannot, impossible. Ben Pamidae, impossible, impossible. So anyway, I blackmailed them up and they said, well, listen, we'll hang up your arms to each other, your legs to each other. And you can both sit in the back of the, the truck. I haven't seen a female in like nearly a year. And now you've handcuffed me for one for 13 hours. <laughs> I'd like to say it was a long 13 hours, but it could have been... Uh, I've, had, I've spent worse 13 hours. They kept, uh, they kept pulling over, saying, stop it, stop it. I was like, up your bollocks. 
I just kept, just kept, um, yes, kept having a laugh really <laughs> in the back of the old field car. And um, we got to the, um, we got to the, 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 the Bangkok deportation prison and, um, I promised her that I'd get the money together to get her out, and they put me in a room with about with about two hundred pirates. And I remember thinking, "For fuck's sake, all these Somalians!" And I just sat there, just rocking. I just thought, "I'm going to play the nutty one again, make that I'm nuts, so they all leave me alone." I just sat there rocking for a night, and in the end, they took me out of there and they put me in with the, all the foreigners, and. It was dangerous. That was the only time I ever felt frightened the whole time. That was dangerous. Now, I walked in the room. Now, maximum, I'm going home in three days. Maximum, I'm going home in three days. All I've got to do is keep my mouth shut, sit down, behave, and I'm out there in three days. And um, this big Muslim guy had been in there for 13 years. If they, if they were taking him back to his country, they were going to be headed. So he just become gangster of the prison. He must have weighed 18 stone, 21 stone maybe, a muscle. He went to me, sit there. I can't stand being told what to do. I looked at him, I thought, you're going home any day. I thought, you know what, I'm going to sit down there and I'm going to do as I'm told. I sat down there, he kicked me, he went, not there, there. I thought, yeah, I'm having that. And I stood up and bang, front push kicked him straight to the chest, hit him with the best right right hand I've ever thrown. His jaw didn't even move. <laughs> it didn't even move. It didn't budge an inch. <laughs> didn't even budge an inch. I just thought, you fucked up here. He went to me tonight. He went, you're dead. I thought, how have I just done it all that time and not caused no grief? I say not caused no grief. I've loads of grief, but grief I could control, you know? Why couldn't I just keep my mouth shut? And it's getting to like four o'clock and these guys plotting up there, plotting up there, about six of them, they're all waiting to do me. I've never been so frightened in my life. And there's some, I've seen some Germans that I was banged up with. I said, help me out, will you? They went, you're crazy, mate. I said, this, that geezer runs the jail, mate. He said, he said don't it, don't it, I don't even want to be talking to you. He went, get away from me. He went, I went, come on, mate. He went, he went, listen, the best thing you can do is just go and beg for your life and apologise. I walked up to him. I said, mate, I'm sorry. He said, what do you want me to do? I got on the floor. I said, I'll kiss your feet. He went, fuck off. And he, he half kicked me in the face. I knew I was dead. I went, what do you want me to do? I said, do you want me to suck your dick? I said, what do you want me to do? I knew I was dead. I knew I was dead. What do you want me to do? I said, I'll do anything. I'm sorry. He went, tonight you're dead. It got to about 10 to 5, and I'm thinking, fucking hell, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I didn't know that scream. I prayed. Um, I just remember thinking, I'm dead. At 5 to 5, my name came over the speaker. Mr. Barkley, that was my name at the time. Someone's paid your bail, you're free to go. <laughs> Five to five, and um, I call you a fucking wanker. 
Is she a fucking Muslim? Whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm not racist one bit. But <clears throat> I called him everything under the sun. The goat, everything. Imagine now that it's, if the paperwork would have gone wrong and they'd have put me back in there, I didn't think about it at the time. I just called him everything. <laughs> and I got out, wanked, out, wanked, out. That was it. They took me to the airport. Put me on the plane. And then that was it. I was, I was free. They took me back to England. And, and I seriously thought in my head, I seriously thought in my head I was going to get back and there was going to be like a parade there waiting for me or something. <laughs> I really did think there was going to be a lot of parade waiting there for me. Yeah. Not even one person bothered to come to the airport to pick me up. I had a pair of pink shorts which Sandra made for me with her name on it. A white vest. And I just got out there and I just sat there and I just cried. I just cried. And a lady came up to me and said, are you okay? And I told her what's happened. She went, come with me, darling. I, I only knew one girl's phone number in my life, a travelling girl. And I rang her up. I, the only number I knew off the art. She went, Steve, I didn't know, mate. If I'd have known, I'd have been there to pick you up. And she went, how she got there? She must have got there in 30 minutes. From 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 Essex to Heathrow. She must have broke every speed limit according to the man. To get to me, but she was there in 30 minutes. And oh, mate, I just give her the biggest cuddle and kiss. And I was covered in scabies, but she didn't care. She took me back to where the baby mum was around my, around her friend's house, and we shaved every hair off my body. Then I had to sit indoors for about six weeks while I was getting rid of the scabies. And um, about six weeks later, my mate Bill, he rang me up. He said, enough's enough now. Come on, I'm coming to get you. We're going out. And we went into Romford. And we were walking through Romford town and it was the first. Then I realised the nightmare was over. And I can remember seeing the lights and people and, and I can remember thinking I've done it, free. That's when I realised the nightmare was finally over. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, um, it, has, yeah, it has scarred me, you know what I mean? It has scarred me. And um, it has scarred my brain, you know? But, of course. The only reason I, 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 I'm, I'm doing this, 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 this interview is, is, is not because I'm showing off about something. It's, it's really no. not. I'm not showing off about it at all. No. I just want maybe someone to watch this to realise that a person is capable of changing. Yeah. You know, you've got to hit rock bottom. Yeah. You've got to hit rock bottom to to change a person is no matter what they've done in the past I ain't forgiving a paedophile don't get me wrong they're saying I ain't forgiven but any, 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 anything else a person should be given a second chance and um, is capable of changing I mean 
all I do now in the world is good. Yeah. It's all I do is put happiness before, before my own. At the minute, I'm, 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 I've just managed to, I'm, I'm back seeing my 17-year-old son. We trained at the gym for the first time. I haven't seen him in five years. That was last week. The baby's mum, who I was in Thailand with now, she's now, she's, I've been speaking to my daughter on Facebook for the last couple of weeks. She rang me yesterday and said, now that my boy wants to see me. So that's three out of four kids. My other, my little daughter, who's two and a half, she's named Stevie Lee, named after me. <coughs> I'll see her in a contact centre on every Wednesday. Yeah. I mean, social services are useless, but... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep trying and I am going to get to where I've got, you know, in the last year, what I've achieved since I got back from Cambodia, because that's a complete other story. I can't, I haven't got the brain energy to get into that. But That's part I, two. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's part two. Two. Uh, um, Right. I've let you go. I've let you, I've let you talk, but I had so many questions popping in my mind, but I didn't want to stop your flow. Yeah. My first one has got to be, are the marbles still in there? <laughs> yeah, they are. Are they? They are, they are, they are. When we're at the gym next, you've got to show me. <laughs> yeah, the marbles. No, 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 sorry. Are the marbles in there? In, in, the, in, in there? I'll show you now if you want to get out. No, no, not yet. I'll <laughs> show, show me, Dan. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've, cut, I've cut them all out now. Oh, have you? I've cut them all out, yeah. I, I took the last one out about three weeks ago. Really? I actually videoed it while I did it. <laughs> It took, oh, about, it took 27 minutes to get the last one out. It, it like, <laughs> run into my skin. Like, it, like it, it was between the skin anyway, but it actually gone into the indented in. And yeah. Couldn't, I think you've got eight layers of skin, haven't you? Don't know. You, like you, you'll know now. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't get it out. And we, we, one night, I was, we had a couple of laughs, whatever. And yeah. We, we cut it out, and I was fucking, I was screaming. I wasn't screaming, actually. I held my breath the whole time. Oh, did you? And then once, once it finally pops out, I was like, oh, oh, oh. And I held it for like 20 seconds. give him birth. <laughs> yeah. And, the, um, the, the, that was the first thing. I, I had to clear that one up. The other thing what was interesting, what you said, was um, you've learned in life that to be happy, you only need food and water. But, you know, from my understanding, you miss one out. Because if you really go to be, like, look to being content and happy, you take yourself back to being an inf- like a baby. Yeah. So they, they, they need, you know, food, water, but they need love. Yeah. That, that's human... I, should have, I, should have said, I should have said to survive, you only need food. Yeah. Water. But that, there's that thing as well, and to be happy, you know, that that... And that, that goes back to Sandra. I'm interested with Sandra because, you know, like it's in, in, in the darkest times, you need comfort. Yeah. You know, and that comfort can just come, like you say, come in the form of affection, um, touch. And it's something I notice when I do my work. Obviously, the guys and me, no one's touched them for so long. Yeah. Just by me cutting their hair and, 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 and you know, it, it it, it means so much to them. Yeah, it does. 
And, I, you know, they're in a dark place. You can't be in a darker place than you were. So, it, 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 yeah, I'm, 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 I definitely ain't gay. If anything, I'd say I'm adaptable. <laughs> 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 but like I said, it, it wasn't even a gay thing. It wasn't even a gay uh, thing. It wasn't. It was just that, that affection. I mean, some people might watch this and say, you're weak, you know, you, you spent less than a year in a jail and, and, and had to cuddle and kiss a geezer. Um, I wouldn't really take too much concern about that. Well, I would have thought that, knowing you what I know now, I would have thought yeah. you don't give a fuck anyway. But um, no, I think it's interesting. I just think it's interesting that, you know, but, I found it fascinating. I found your old story fascinating. And it's now, the recovery. Now I've, um, I've just started my own business, the moringastore.com. It's, yeah. um, it's a it's a superfood. It comes yeah. in like fourteen different products. Yeah. And I'm really working hard on trying to promote to promote that. It's the ultimate superfood. I mean it's there's mm. nothing else like it on the planet for you. And I'm <laughs> really working hard at, at doing that and I'm doing a bit of personal training. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm not on benefits no more. Yeah. So I'm paying my own rent. I'm stable. Yeah. And it's about it's about rebuilding. You yeah. know. What I've achieved, what I've achieved in a, in a year since I've been out. I mean, I, I think I got out on the sixth of August last year. Right. What I've achieved in a year from nothing, I deserve a medal. Yeah. I really do. I'm so proud of myself. So yeah. proud of myself. How I've managed to stay clean, how I've managed to save up the money to, to start this new business. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping in, in a year's time it's going to be life changing money. I don't even care if it ain't. No. Like I said, I just, I'll be happy if I can just spoil the kids and take them on a few holidays. But yeah. the if I, if I made a load of money, I'd only give it away anyway because that's yeah. what I'm like. I, I, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't, I can't sit there and watch someone go without and me sit there and, and have it all. I'll get my happiness through others, I always have. Yeah. Um, I'd like to solve world poverty, you know what I mean? That is what I'd like to do. I'd like to make this day and age, there shouldn't be, there shouldn't be children with flies in their eyes and walking 12 miles to get a bottle of water there shouldn't be no it really shouldn't be you know I, I, I just would like to make a difference and, and I will make a difference yeah you know, for all the all the shit that I've done in my life and the, the pain I've caused people and the selfish things that I've done yeah if I spend the next 40 years being good maybe they will maybe the gates of heaven will be opened yeah maybe yeah, I, I, I completely get you, mate. I, I've, I've, I understand completely how you feel. Uh, we, we don't get along. Yeah. So it's important to do what we can. And um, I can't undo any, of, as you can't, I can't do any, undo any of the stuff I've done. All I can do is every day do my best, you know? Exactly. And, you know, and in the end, you do it long enough, you will be judged for what you've done. Yeah for the better rather than for the worse. Yeah. But it's been a pleasure. I mean, I've I've been looking forward to it so much. I feel like um, 
I've learned even more about it now. And 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 it's gonna I've got to process it now the next yeah. I know it's gonna come out of all week long now. I'm gonna be uh I'm just gonna keep coming in mind because the way you spoke about it, I, I felt like I was living it with you, you know, for that hour. But um I'm looking forward to see you down the gym again. You can show me your fella. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't want it now. <laughs> no, you're fine. Yeah. You're fine. Because it is gonna go on YouTube. But, um, yeah, really best of luck with everything. Yeah. Um, I know I'll be, you know, I'll be seeing you a lot in the future. And what we'll do at the end of it, we'll share all the links that we can and we, we you know, for, for your new yeah, business exactly. and everything. Yeah. 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 And, um, no, I really appreciate your time coming on. Brilliant. I've got my partner a fag, so we can call yeah. it right now. Yeah. You, you deserve a fag after that one. Yeah, I thought my head's going to blow up, so. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.